Welcome to the Foul Original Podcast, where we take a foul look at professional wrestling. This is episode number eight of the Hat Date Roundtable, WWE Fastlane 2019 edition, recorded on March 10th, 2019. Featuring Zach from Smark and Friends Podcast, the Queen of NE from the Did You Write This Stuff Bro Podcast, and the Queen's Court on Brain Bastar Radio, and Dallas from the Meat Boys Podcast. Big thanks for their input and make sure you check them all out. The show begins after some important messages from some friends of the Foul Original Show. Wrestling fans, do you ever invite friends over who aren't wrestling fans and make them watch wrestling anyway? So do I, but I turned it into a podcast. On the Smart and Friends podcast, I welcome Montreal artists to watch some wrestling with me. Listen to the podcast on its own or log into your WWE Network subscription and watch along with us. Smart and Friends on Two Finger Guns Club. What's happening, wrestling fans? I am Conrad Cushman, the host of Everything Pro Wrestling. Everything Pro Wrestling is a show by the fans for the fans. And you guys can listen to my podcast on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Now, let's get back to the Foul Original Podcast. Welcome to the Hat Take Roundtable, episode number eight. Um, we are we've just finished watching WWE Fastlane 2019, and um, they are right here. We are joined by the three guests that we've got for this show, um, who are and I'll let them kind of introduce themselves. But it's been a great night. We are going to continue on with the discussion, starting from the kickoff all the way through. So. Starting off, um, as you can see, there are icons along here, so we'll start off with the Queen of NE. Would you like to give us a little intro of yourself, Queen? Well, hi. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm the Queen of NE, right on Twitter. I'm over with the boys at DYWTSB, the Did You Write This Stuff Bro podcast. And I'm also brand new to Brain Buster Radio with my own show, Queen's Court, every Wednesday. So hope you check me out there. Thank you very much, Queen. Thank you very much, fellow Brain Buster. And yeah. next up, um, we have we have from yeah we have from Spark and Friends. Um, we have Zach. Do you want to introduce yourself? No. Yes, I do. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Um, well, yeah. Hi, Zach here from the Smart and Friends podcast on the Two Finger Guns Club Network. I'm off to a great start, aren't I? Um, Fowl, once again, thank you for sharing your platform. On my show, we watch wrestling with people who aren't exactly wrestling fans. I welcome Montreal artists, performers, producers, punk rock bands to watch some wrestling with me to serve as a live commentary track that you're invited to listen to while you watch some matches on the WWE Network. And yeah, that's that's me. Thank you very much. And I really, really love I really love the concept of your show. Um, they've got a first season, which is available right now um, on all podcast platforms. And I hear some rumblings about other stuff happening this summer, but I will let I will let other people talk about that. That's not my deal. Now, lastly, on the panel today, brand new to, I guess, the audience that I have here, um, and they've been doing this for some time, it's Dallas from the Meat Boys podcast. Um, would you like to give us a little introduction about what you do? 
Yeah, yeah. My name is Dallas. Uh, my favorite animal is the white tiger. Uh, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm from uh, I'm from the podcast Wednesday. <laughs> um, we do it on Wednesdays. Uh, we, we started it just because we were getting together uh, every Wednesday night and cooking a bunch of food and you know watching NXT or whatever we felt like. And uh, you know I'm a music producer, so I have all this audio equipment. So I was like, why don't we uh, why don't we start a podcast? So we started it up. We're eighty something episodes in now, loving it. Uh, it's a weekly show, Wednesday nights. We take calls. We talk about whatever's going on. You know, it's kind of a hang. We have sort of a rotating cast of characters that come through. It's a lot of fun. You can listen on meetwednesday.com or any podcast platform. And I think, you know, our Twitter links and everything like that are in the description. And thanks for having me, man. It's going to be fun. Awesome. That's okay. Awesome. Thank you very much. And thank you. Um, I haven't had internet this week, so this has been a manic rush to do it. So I've been a little bit more stressed than I normally have. So I've been kind of That's like cracking yeah. the whip. I feel a bit bad. I've been like, everybody get ready. I have to do it. anyway. Enough of this. <laughs> Let's all have some fun. So um, <laughs> starting off, we have um, we had so we had the kickoff show tonight, um, and the whole of the card changed. So initially yeah. on the kickoff yeah. tonight, we were going to have just a tag. We were going to have yeah, we were going to have a tag team match between the New Day, at, well, between Xavier Woods and um, a Big E facing off against Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura. And in addition to that, we were also going to have a. Um, Rey Mysterio facing off against Andrade Cien Almas. Now, backstage stuff happened from WWE.com, and that became a four-way. And Kofi Kingston also got involved. And let's just have a look at my random notes. So I've put um, Kayla uh, Kayla Naxton. I put that. Kayla um, segment with Mandy Rose and Sonia Deville. EC3 turns up to introduce himself as he says he currently resides between Raw and SmackDown and is a hot commodity. Um, <laughs> and the question I kind of had to you folks was um, EC3, was it all worth it? And I'm going to start off with Queen. So um, EC3 right now, that was really weird. Like it's all of this time we've had to wait for him to speak. And it was like some weird, creepy segment in the background. What did you think? You asked if it was worth it? Yeah. Has this all been Uh, worth it, this wait? No. No, it's not. Has been worth it whatsoever. Somebody tweeted (laughs) earlier uh, in the evening that he said he, you know, when he resides between Raw and SmackDown, they wondered if that really meant the main event. <laughs> and that cracked me up. So, no, it wasn't worth it to hear him hit on Mandy Rose for the first time. Like, wasn't it weird? Uh, I'm going to move to, I'm going to move to Zach here. Wasn't it weird? Like, it was just a really, like, it's already been weird with the introduction of EC3. And it's not helping him at all. What, what do you think about EC3 in his current incarnation? Yeah, uh, EC3 is in a very strange place. I mean, like, he's not in keeping with what he was doing in NXT at all. And, uh, you know, my own personal taste, I feel like he should have been more of a heel in NXT in the first place. So, like, he's two places removed from where he should be, creatively speaking. Like, it just... Uh, this was not a great introdu- introduction to how good he is on the microphone and how good he is at cutting a promo, uh, being just weird, uh, you know, hitting on Mandy. It didn't mesh. Yeah. Um, 
Meat Boys. Oh, sorry, Dallas. Even. Um, <laughs> what What did you think of this? So, like, this is. Yeah. No, I mean, first of all, he you know, like, to stay away uh, from, from my girl Mandy. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not cool at all. But uh, <laughs> no, I mean, he's totally unlikable to me. You know, I, I think it. You know, definitely not as a as a face, obviously, right? And then, like, even as a heel, like, I, I don't, I don't know. He's, you know, he's. I, I don't see him kind of getting over in the, in the right way. Yeah, and, and that that's what I mean. Like, it's just, it's really weird. Like, I really like EC3. And, it, like, I don't, I've not seen any part of EC3 that I have liked in the WWE yet. Like, he seems to be, like, he seems to be the ultimate rib constantly. But he's, like, <laughs> they're trying not to let him do anything. It's weird. Um, in the chat, who is that in the chat? Someone in the chat saying, um, that's Brian. EC3 has been wasted. <laughs> he came across like a poor man's Val Venus. Who agrees oh, with that? Oh, 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 that's, that's not so good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, WWE is weird, right? How you know, tend to like, uh, tend to take talent that that, that comes in is, is hot elsewhere and just sort of use them in, in a weird way and, and really ruin their characters. It seems to happen a lot. Okay, someone just said something in the chat, and we were going to come to that. Um, we're going to come to that later on, but. Um, now, WWE.com, we then had a WWE.com backstage interview. Um, Carmella and Zelina Vega, for some reason, were talking. And R- and she says that R-Truth should just give up. And now Joe comes in to break it up and says he'll continue to be the champion. He signs Carmella's petition. I don't even know what it was about. Signs a petition and says if Truth, Ray, Andrade need to have a word with him he'll put their problems to sleep we then find out that out of nowhere we're getting a four-way u.s title match which is going to be joe ray andrade and our truth christian joins the table to uh the panel to start chatting aj styles turns up some reason and starts talking about kofi being expelled from this match um we have aj says aj will deal with randy when he deals with randy a weird thing um and then kayla interviews owens who gets a face pop um and she messes up like i felt a bit bad for her but it seemed really live and she said you've gone to the wrong title and then she like corrected herself with brand um and it's weird like a weird promo everyone's talking about kofi though this seems to be like a big deal on the night now um ko says he's been watching this for five months and interrupted by the new day kofi says he has no problems with him and tonight's your night tonight's your moment then some guy just turns up and says management the mcmahon family have asked to speak to kofi in their office about the wwe title match my question is do you think at that point because obviously stuff happened later at that point do you think they were handling the Kofi situation well? And let's start with let's start with the Meat Boys, and let's start with Dallas and go back down the line. Yeah, um, handling the Kofi situation well. I mean, I you know ultimately, I guess I I think yeah because I'm not really like a big Kofi guy. Like you know, obviously he like works hard and all that stuff, but I don't think he's much of a superstar. So I don't really need to see him get like a big title shot or whatever in WrestleMania. So I don't mind them, you know, kind of steering him away from okay. the match. All right. Um, and then let's change it up a bit. Let's go to let's go to Queen next. So at the, just without taking what happened later on, with just that at that point, were you like, ooh, this is interesting. I like what's the going on here. Yeah, I mean, I'm into it. I'm into Kofi Mania. I'm into the whole thing. I, I've always enjoyed Kofi Kingston, um, you know, his antics 
in every Royal Rumble is something that you always look forward to, right? He's talented. He's been there a long time, and I'm here for it. He took Ali's spot a couple weeks back, and ever since, it's been a huge push, and I see kind of where they're going. I'm hoping for a few heel turns because of this from the new day. So as long as we're going on that track, I'll be all right. Okay. Okay. No, good. Um, so, Zach, again, without without going into the future of what happened later on, at this point, do you think that this is being handled correctly by the WWE uh, management? Uh, within that one segment, absolutely. I thought it built a lot of intrigue with what was going to happen later in the night, which is, you know, like something, it's a perfect hook to do on the pre-show that's going to get people to subscribe if they're that invested into Kofi Kingston. Um, personally, I thought they were, like, I thought we were going to get some sort of, I mean, I mean, I know we got a swerve, but I thought, like, they were going to make Kofi the special guest referee or some, uh, some nonsense like this. Uh, but, yeah, that segment alone, like, yeah evaluating it on its own two feet perfect pitch perfect uh it made us want to see what's going to happen with kofi uh later in the pay-per-view absolutely yeah, yeah i agree with that, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's the theme that i have to say the whole night they were pitch perfect like certain things that were happening that within that little segment within its own little world it was great it got the attention it got the emotion and it got us like psyched i was like so psyched because kickoff shows normally are quite boring but what's been happening quite recently and it's something that we've noticed over here and we talk about it all the time is that the kickoff shows now feel like sunday night heat like they feel like they mean something in the grand scheme of things moving on to the main show yeah um and this felt like its own little show it does and I loved it for that because normally they just throw away matches. Yeah. Um, now, the I had a question here, but I think it will probably work later on down the line. So backstage, we had Miz speaking to his dad and Shane. Shane's all like, hey, I like having you here in your hometown. Uh, Shane, again, sweating profusely before he's even done anything. Just red faced. <laughs> um I, I look. I love that he gets gassed just before he even starts to do anything. Like he's already <laughs> yeah. ready to go. Like he's cutting weight straight away. Will be a challenge every every time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, allegedly. I don't know. I don't even. I don't know how to work out. I mean, you, on stream now, I've just been eating jam donuts. So uh, uh, <laughs> we have a. Uh, Sounds uh, good. So then we had a we had a match. So then next up we had an amazing match actually. Um, the New Day versus Rusev Vichinsky Nakamura. Really good match. Really good tag team match. Lots of yeah. like really good false uh, false falls and stuff. Um, and now we've got the the, the finish was. Um, uh, Big E taking out uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, a uh, small package to Rusev from Woods, tag to Big E, double team up, up, down, down, New, team, New Day win. And I've just written them on it. What a damn fine match. What a really good match. They gave them time. There was some, there was some, in the middle of it, they put the Roman Reigns promo and they put random ads for stuff, which was a bit crap. But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. what did everyone think of this match? Because I loved this match. Um, let's, yeah, I, okay. Let's let's start with you, Queen. What the hell did you think of this match? I bloody loved it. I did too. 
I really did. I wasn't I wasn't sure what to expect, really. I wasn't sure how long they were going to get or what shape Rusev slash Nakamura were going to be in <laughs> that night. Were they getting along? Were they not? Um, oh, man, they put on a great show. I, I really enjoyed that match. And I picked the New Day to win, but a couple of times I almost thought it wasn't going to go that way. And I was genuinely surprised. Um, totally enjoyed it. Oh, um, yeah. So, um, Dallas, what did you think of this match? Oh my god, like this is such a good match. Like, I'm still like I can't get over a good match on the kickoff show. So that was such a good match. Uh, what did you think of it, Dallas? <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, you know, Shinsuke is a king, so I, I always enjoy watching him wrestle. You know, Rusev is great. You know, the New Day, like I, I'm kind of like like hot and cold on them because um, in you know in one sense I I definitely enjoy them and they're always awesome and exciting and, and unique but they've also like kind of been the same thing for a long time so I guess my one critique of that would be I'm just I was I was watching I was like man I'm kind of over these guys but yeah it was a great match you know the it was cool like the announcers couldn't even keep track of like who was the legal man because they were flying around so much uh, there was that one spot where uh, Xavier was got caught in midair outside the ring and, and or I think it was and, and slammed. And uh, and I liked when Nakamura pulled the rope away yeah, to yeah. Uh, keep the guy yeah. from breaking the submission. Yeah, I don't know if I, I mean, that, I'm sure that's happened before, but like I, I don't know if I've ever seen something like that. So that was cool. And uh, yeah, definitely a solid match. Man. It was you know it was exciting. And, yeah, Shinsuke is my guy. Yeah. And anybody else? Yeah, I, I can hear both of you guys want to jump in there. Like, um, let, let's start with Zach. But my like, I've written down notes during the match, and those particular two things that Dallas just said there, they were some really good details. What other good details do you think were in this match, Zach? Like anything that you noticed? Oh man, like same here. Like Dallas beat me to the punch. I love that moment where Shinsuke like pulled the ropes away from uh, from Xavier. So like. Uh, stopping the rope break from happening yeah. just you know little details like that that you, little creative flourishes that you don't see in too many matches just make these contests stand out uh, like even if that little detail hadn't happened this would be a, like a very fine match um, and you know I'd be buzzing about it like going into the main card but that little detail made it like exceptional um, my one complaint about this whole match was like and this is, you know, something you see a lot of in pre-shows. As much as I, t- I love pre-shows, I, you're always going to get a great match, but you don't always have like real, tangible stakes. Like this wasn't a number one contenders match. This was this wasn't a title match, and we're going to forget about it by Tuesday. Um, so that's my one gripe about it. But as it, the match itself had a lot of fun watching it. Uh, I definitely the the match has replay value for me. Uh, yeah, great match. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish off this match with one question to Queen, and uh, actually, I'm gonna ask it to all of you. But let's start, with Queen. Should this match have been on the main card and not the, uh, not the kickoff show? No, I actually like that it was on the kickoff show because they're clearly trying to make the viewers invest in their pre-show content. And having stellar matches like this will get more people involved, and that's really what I think they're trying to do. Um, and plus. As Zach just mentioned, there was no stakes. There was nothing going on. And not to say that, you know, there wasn't anything going on with the Shield and um, Team Suck. But um, (laughs) I'm not really too sure it would fit in the main card. Given the other eight matches that we had, I'd say no. Okay. Um, 
JPQ, thank you very much for jumping in the chat there. Uh, we will come back to you. Um, JPQ. And Norbit, hello. How you doing? Oh, what up, bro? JPQ is in here. So, so yeah, um, I, uh, so, I, sorry, I'm going to go along the line. So, Zach, should this have been on the kickoff or should this have been on the main show? Perfect kickoff match. Uh, yeah, no stakes. Like, stands alone in its own little bubble. Fits great. Um, inform the main card later on, which we'll get to. Uh, and yeah, it's a perfect kickoff match. And also, uh, in regards to length, I think it benefited by um, Andrade and Ray getting uh, getting upgraded to the main card into the Fatal 4-Way, which we're going to talk about later on. Uh, I have to imagine that this tag team match absorbed some of that time. Um, so, you know, it's a perfect storm of circumstances. I think this match benefited from a lot of things. Perfect place on the mid card on the uh, kickoff. Okay, and uh, last up with Dallas, um, kickoff or main card? Where do you think that uh, this match should have fallen? I agree with the other guys. Essentially, you know, uh, not too not too much more to say about it. It was, it was definitely the right slot for it. Nothing at stake. You know, good good and exciting fun match to watch. So, pre-show. Okay. Okay. So we then uh, we then end. So that match pretty much ended two minutes left on the show kickoff show. We went straight into the main card. So I've got a few notes here for some reason, and I've put love the visual effect on the intro. Like, did anyone else see that really cool thing where like Charlotte Flair like oh, that, moon salted yeah. back into herself and yeah, yeah it was like, like freeze it. Yeah, that was super cool. Uh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. I think I missed that. I, I remember saying that's what that's what HD does for you because everything can be a frame. It was just like, if you imagine, uh, like, uh, like when you take a photo and there's like a photo exposure, it was like an, like a photo exposure of each single frame of them doing them. It just looked pretty cool. I'll put down that note. Um, so anyway, opening up the show, as we found out later on, it was the, for the SmackDown tag team titles, we had Shane McMahon, the best in the world, and Dummies facing off against the Usos, current SmackDown tag team champions. Um, also, in it's in Miz's home state, of, um, and it's in his hometown. And it was also in, um, he had his dad ringside, who was there when they won the titles. So, um the Miz is wearing a Cleveland is awesome t-shirt when he comes down the ramp. Very smart. Very smart. Loved it. Uh, and he's getting, like, ridiculous face heat. Like, such good heat. Um, now, later on in the evening, I have a segment called The Face Don't Run the... The Face That... <clears throat> the Face That Don't Run the Place. And there's a particular person here that turned up. We won't talk about him later on. I'll kind of try to talk about it. This guy called Tim Haber from the German announce team. I don't know what it was. He had some weird bow tie and interesting hair parting. But he was a guy on the third, third on the right, yeah. I just looked yeah, at him, but I was like, what is this guy? But anyway. I, uh, I, I, I thought the same exactly. Yeah, like, so funny. I was like, I might have to nominate that guy for that segment. <laughs> That's hilarious that you know. Yeah, like, tell me. I was just like Tim Hebert. I don't know who what he was. I don't know what was going on, but I just <laughs> yeah. looked at him and I just thought, <sighs> just thought Die Hard. But anyway, now uh, <laughs> moving along. Um, so I put <laughs> the Miz. The Miz has the whole crowd behind him, and he gets a massive pop when he goes for a splash to the outside from the top rope with his Cleveland is awesome T-shirt. Like he pulls off the rest of what he's wearing, and he's wearing that underneath. Um, 
double super kick to Miz coming off the top rope save from Shane. Um, Shane, I've put, I've written Shane looks so red and dot dot dot. Uh, skull crushing finale when the, the ref is checking on Shane as Miz realizes and so do the crowd he misses the three count figure four leg lock gets reversed from the Miz as Shane hits Jay Uso out of the air that was a really cool spot but yeah. again it's just a bit weird Shane McMahon was on one corner and Jay Uso was on the other and they looked at each other and it was a bit like what am I going to do and then they just knocked <laughs> each other out of the air it was very weird um <laughs> Uh, Miz goes for a frog splash and it gets blocked by the it was just really weird Miz goes for a frog splash and gets blocked by the Usos with a small package to retain the titles Uh, and then we have the the after the after so the Usos retain the championships back to the penitentiary back to jail or whatever now they go to his so they go over to his dad and Shane Shane's all like yeah everything's fine and then surprise heel turn Shane turns heel and Shane like starts beating him up strips the Cleveland t-shirt off him wipes his face and all this sweat on it and then throws it down on him Um, he points at the missus dad as he bears down on him he manhandles his dad a little bit um, watches and then there's one line which he says watch this daddy as he starts to beat up Shane puts him to triangle choke on the outside and now but for those of you that remember when the Miz's father has been featured before, he is notorious for not having any kind of reaction whatsoever. <laughs> I remember looking at him and there's a particular segment a while ago, I think when the Miz's mom and dad were there and like Miz is getting beaten up and he's like, just looking at them. He doesn't do anything. He just kind of looks directly at the attack that's happening and his face is emotionless. So um, <laughs> my question is... Um, oh, should Shane just hang up his boots, or was this the swerve we needed, or didn't? Des- yeah, was this the swerve we needed? So let's start with Zach. Um, I'd like to know what you thought about that whole dealio, and yeah, yeah. Um, I think we all knew some sort of turn was happening after this match, and I think a lot of us anticipated Miz. Uh, I think like a lot of us probably really hoped that Shane would turn, but didn't really see it being plausible. Uh, but we were rewarded. We got that moment of Shane being like the worst possible incarnation of himself, which we know he excels at with, you know, what he's done in the past. Uh, so it was a real treat to see him like just see that like dramatic moment of Shane McMahon changes pace, run towards the Miz attack him from the back great moment and yeah trash talking his uh, the Miz's very emotionless father uh how dare you attack my son or whatever don't you dare um it was just yeah uh great moment not exactly made better by Miz's father but Miz's father is also just like a great physical character uh, so I'm kind of forgiving of his lack of emotion um (laughs) really on board for the Miz uh, at Shane program and I'm really excited to see what happens on Tuesday okay alright yeah and that's the thing yeah he, he is just stone faced he's a stone faced gremlin yeah he's stone faced but also like under like this this very distinct uh, uh, appearance you know like the the long hair the the, the beard he, he just doesn't look like the Miz's father which makes it so much better you know <laughs> he, look, he does he looks like someone playing the Miz's father on tv like <laughs> he's he feels like like he doesn't like 
I don't I don't see him as Al Wilson, yeah. I see him as someone playing the role of the Miz's father, like in real life, and that he's just he hired like... an actor or an extra to play him because yeah. he does. He Sorry, looks like they just grab. He looks like they just grabbed one of the lighting guys backstage and was like, "Hey, you're gonna be the Mrs. Dad tonight." <laughs> <laughs> and they have a different, similar-looking guy in every state they go yeah. to. They're like, "You're the Mrs. Dad today. Just put yeah. on this wig. Put on this yeah. wig and this fake beard." Yeah, uh, he's awesome. got a kind of Colonel Sanders vibe to him. Anyway, um, so uh, so um, I want to go back to where where my notes? Where are my pants? All right, okay. So, um, was this the swerve that we needed? Let's go to uh, let, let's go to to Dallas. Was this the swerve that we needed? Were you happy I, with this swerve? I I oh, was. Yeah, I, I liked that we yeah. could pick it. Definitely, I loved it. Um, yeah, this was the one. If you if you remember on our on our chat before the uh, before the show, this, that was the pick that I changed because I remembered that I, I figured that there was going to be a turn to you know so they could fight at WrestleMania. Um, I, I didn't. I don't know if I had a real opinion on who I thought I was going to be, but I felt like I thought I was going to be Shane because you know Miz has been getting over so much lately. I, I figured they wouldn't turn him heel right now. Um, but yeah, yeah, that that midair collision was great. Um, <laughs> just Miz's dad completely blowing it, and looking like an absolute cuck, and and having uh, having the Miz take the pin in front of him, and then just get this ass kicked. You know what? You know something I, I noticed about though that you know, I mean, this is not sort of you know old news, I guess, but like uh, Shane is a really good actor. Like you know, when, when he was all beat up and then kind of coming in, like you know, acting like you know, sh- shaking off the uh, the stars and everything like that. Like he's pretty believable, you know. And and I think you know him and his dad just have always been so exceptionable at playing their roles. You know, back to the early days in the '80s when Vince McMahon was just like the announcer and, and stuff like that. You didn't even know he was the owner. Um, incredible, incredible performances every time. If we just had uh, something in the chat from Brian Walsh, one of the rigs, and saying, I can't get excited for Tuesday. I just want Miz to retire Shane quickly. So, <laughs> Queen, looking on to what is potentially going to be, I mean, we kind of know that this is going to be a WrestleMania match. Are you excited for this WrestleMania match? Are you excited for this program between these two? I mean, no, I'm not. I am really tired of seeing Shane McMahon jump off of high things. <laughs> Like it's, How could you ever get tired of that? I'm, t- I'm tired of it. I've seen it way too many times. Um, it's taking a spot on mm. the Mania card away from potentially other matches that could be more interesting, in my opinion. They have made me more interested in it than I normally probably would have been, and that's probably thanks to both of their acting skills. Um, so I agree with Dallas there on that. Shane has some some chops in that arena for sure. Um, was it the swerve that we needed? I don't know, but I will tell you that I lived for it. I was so excited to see Shane turn heel. Um, it was different and we were all expecting, I think the Miz. So, uh, for that aspect, I enjoyed it. Um, and I'm not really looking forward to Tuesday, but I'm hoping they'll surprise me. Great, and I think I think Brian is just you just find a kindred spirit there in Brian because <laughs> Brian hates Shane and Got like the amount man. of times that I I'm like but I'm like I'm like but come on he did a shooting star press but come on he did this amazing oh look Tim Haber's yeah, on yeah, TV yeah, again yeah, like yeah, it's on the, the shooting look, star there he press is. Look was at good it. Okay, it was I will it. say that it was. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, and, uh, like it, it, and that's the thing. It's like it, he he always surprises me. But yeah, so um, let's move on to the next. So we had a backstage segment with a Shield style video promo from what Josh from Wrestling Reverb calls DLC, um, and that that is because that's Drew Lashley and Corbin. But I have always said that they are like the DLC you wouldn't want if you picked up a season pass or you pre-ordered WWE 2K19. They're the three characters you wouldn't really want. Um, but you bought the season pass, so it's too late. But what you need to do is you buy your DLC piecemeal when you want it, and you don't fall. Don't be a suck of season passes. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, you can't. Don't be a suck never of buy the season pass. pass. Never buy um, a season pass. Uh, now, not, it says they have this particular line that they're not going to be a happy farewell tour. And then Corbin says, believe that in the most believable re- reading of that line I've ever heard in my life. When he said, believe that, I believed him. Uh, moving on to uh, next up, we had Elias, who uh, we're gonna, I'm going to mention what I thought he was later on in the evening. But he had a segment um, just in the ring. Um, we didn't have many backstage segments during this show, which kind of gave it all a different feel. He was in the ring kind of recounting what had happened, like the rooster from Robin Hood. The animated Disney film, um, just standing <laughs> there, perfect. just kind of providing links between every. I, I, I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I loved it. Just sitting there, I was waiting for go Robin Hood, Robin Hood, walk through the forest, and I just waited. I remember just waiting, and I was like, "He's going to do it. He's going to do it." So uh, he provided some kind of exposition, so we didn't need. I thought that was really cool. Now we then had. My, my women's champion, Asuka, facing off against Mandy Rose in the SmackDown women's title match. Um, I've put in my notes, Sonya Deville is ringside with Rose. Rose with a great-looking abdominal stretch. Because a lot of people don't think that Mandy Rose can really wrestle that well. I kind of think that that's a little bit unfair. Because, yes, she's attractive, and that's kind of what they're pushing it towards. But she is a really good wrestler. It's people just don't give her a chance. And, however, please don't be Oscar, because she is true women's champion. Um, so, Corey Graves says, <laughs> one line, let's change WrestleMania to WrestleMandy. It was a little <laughs> bit sick when he said that. Um, Sonia starts checking under the ring for some reason, which makes no sense. Elias is a minstrel, exactly, Brian. That's what I was going to say. He is the minstrel from Robin Hood. Uh, he, is, he is the chicken. Is a chick. Now, which it makes sense because someone could be foul liars earlier on, so that's meta. That just feeds into itself. Uh, I um, so Mandy Rose um gets out of an octopus by putting Oscar on her shoulders, and it looked really impressive. She throws her on there, but then she botches the front gorilla press, which then looked a bit weird. But at least she's trying. And some sick kicks from Oscar. Oscar caught her with her caught with her bum in the ropes as Mandy goes for a running knee. Very, very cool as well. Um, reverse of the implant buster by Oscar. Uh, Sonia then gets a kendo stick from under the ring. And this is something that JPQ has asked. But um, Rose then slips on the little bit of apron left by Sonia Deville. Oscar pins her after a stiff looking kick to the face. Deville and Mandy leave the ring, but Rose don't want none of Deville's help. And someone starts shouting, fight, fight, fight. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so JPQ has asked this question, and I guess I'll ask it. We'll start with um, we'll start with Dallas here. Um, JPQ's asked, Mandy's trip on the ring skirt planned or unplanned? 
uh, planned but botched. I think that she was probably supposed to catch her foot quite a bit more than she actually did, and she just kind of stepped on it and fell down and then, you know, took the pin. So it seemed like that was when she was supposed to get pinned. And that, you know, that's where the whole kendo stick thing happened and, and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, my question, I have a question. Why are there kendo sticks, not just in under the ring, but like in the arena period? Like, I, I think that's part. I think I think that Vince McMahon just, you know, like he's got a lot of Ico Pro knocking about, and maybe at some point he traded that all in for kendo sticks with like okay. an Eastern Asian, <laughs> Eastern like you know yeah. Japanese or Chinese company, and so oh, he's just got loads of kendo sticks now. Yeah. Like it makes sense. <laughs> all right. That's yeah, cool. and I, yeah, I think it's because Ico Pro's like perishable, but kendo sticks are forever. You know, so yeah. I think that's what it is. I mean, makes sense. anyone could prove me wrong, I'm more than happy. But yeah, I feel like it makes sense to me. But yeah, no, you're right. Why are there kendo sticks everywhere? Yeah. And also, why aren't we calling them Singapore Canes anymore? I don't like the renaming scheme. Um, but, but yeah, uh, I'd like to move to... Um, like They used Singapore Canes back in, back in the day. Back in the, back in the day before I was born. Now, uh, well, actually, no, I think I was alive. I just wouldn't have been there, but yeah. Um, let's move to let's move to Zach. So, uh, what was my question? <laughs> um, and it was, uh, I, I don't remember what my question was. Mandy Rose. Well, we're talking about that planned or unplanned skirt falling. Not yeah, not not her not her not her skirt falling off, but planned or unplanned on the running on the skirt. Do you think it was a botch, or do you think it was? Oh yeah, it was it was definitely intended. It just out, didn't but... look great. Um, yeah, it just didn't uh, it didn't happen as it was intended, and you know, it just led to a kind of an awkward finish. Um, as is, uh, earlier tonight, like I was actually mentioning mentioning in our little uh, in our green room uh, that this was actually kind of my least favorite match of the night, and you know, I was talking to Queenie about this, um, and you know, I, <laughs> the thing is, like, the match was good. Like, like I shouldn't, uh, like I regretted my phrasing because like the match itself was good, but, and to what you were saying earlier tonight, uh, during this part of the show foul is, um, Mandy is a good performer. She, she knows how to wrestle and, but like what we've seen from her so far, the story that we've been told from this character is she's more of just, you know, she's more of like a bombshell. Um, if we had gotten more than, you know, eight frigging seconds uh between her and naomi this past thursday on uh, this past tuesday on smackdown uh maybe i would have believed that she was getting all this offense in on oscar but that's not the case like i just it, it, there's a lot of dissonance like between what we've been told about this character and the match we actually watched so i had a hard time getting into it and it was you know it was also ruined even further by that the the whole apron finish very strange Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this to Queen actually because this what what you just said there, um, uh, Zach. It was something interesting earlier on, which I noticed during Sam Roberts being like just you know accosted as he always is, basically bullied by the WWE now when he comes on the show. But he said something earlier on, very very specific, and it was a specific turn of phrase where he said, "I now believe that Mandy Rose is a credible threat to the SmackDown Women's Division." What do you do? You think that Queen? Do you think that she could be SmackDown Women's Champ? I think if they stop treating her like a diva and let her wrestle, maybe. Um, 
it's I think she I respect the person the character I can't stand I, I wish they would do something else with her it's been done it's played out I'm over it I want something else from her it diminishes her credibility when all it is is look I'm just so beautiful and they don't let her show the talent that she possesses enough we saw a little bit of it tonight um, minus that botch which was mm, didn't help the storyline whatsoever so I, yeah, I don't know. It's possible, but I'm not quite sure. So moving to that, what what do you think we could do with Mandy Rose in like a general? What, what do you? Where do you think like her character could go next to get that credibility back? I'd like her to just come out, stop doing this whole blurred lens BS. And just wrestle. I just want to see her wrestle and see what happens and see how that translates. And then maybe we can kind of tweak the character from there. I think you have to showcase her talent because without it, you're just, look, I'm blonde and beautiful. And that's about it. Okay. Fair point. So let's let's move on to the next backstage segment. So the next backstage segment with the New Day, who were backstage going to Vince McMahon. Now there was this weird thing where Vince McMahon says they, they, the New Day turn up, the rest of the New Day see Kofi waiting outside of Vince's office, and Vince they kind of walk in with Vince, and he's like, "I've been waiting here for an hour." And then Vince in the room says, "I've been waiting an hour for Kofi." So I don't understand. Was Kofi just stood outside of his like office for an hour like an idiot when he should have just walked in? Did it take the rest? the new day to bring him in that's something separate which didn't make sense to me but um woods and biggie come in and say they want to make it a triple threat um and you know it's he's been waiting for 11 years and vince says fine i'll make it a triple threat so and it's going to be happening next out goes kofi the new day are banned from ringside the rest of them and we have it announced that this triple threat is going to be Kofi versus both members of the bar um, who will both be allowed to get involved. It is a triple threat match, but um, I've put in the, the, there's a, this is boring chant from the crowd um, partway through the match. The New Day come out to try and help, but are stopped by Rusev and Nakamura. Um, Kofi, um, a coffee. Oh, the bar probably. I think I wrote the word coffee because I was getting coffee. The bar with the double white noise <laughs> pin, uh, Kofi with their feet on his chest, and the bar win. Now, the question that I've asked, and I think we've kind of put in EP Dove, yeah, put some respect on Kofi's name, damn straight. Um, it was a question that I put in here, but and I think that this is a valid question, knowing now what happened there and then, and then again, not talking exactly what happened in the future, but. Do you like what's happening with Kofi or would you have had a better idea of what to do there? Is Vince slash the new creative team geniuses right now? And let's start with Zach. I'm all for what happened tonight. I thought it, like I was worried that they were going to kind of blow their load about this and uh, get, put Kofi in a triple threat match and ruin a great storyline just for the sake of a good pop tonight. Um and, you know, like I say that, but I would have been at the edge of my seat watching the match itself. Uh, but I'm glad that Kofi has uh, was put uh, in front. Uh, Kofi had another obstacle to overcome. Um, 
he got beaten down, uh, which was just like uncomfortable as it should be for for a baby face. Uh, and like I cannot wait for it made me want to watch the rest of the story unravel. I'm very excited to see Kofi Mania come to fruition. And I'm glad we didn't get like, you know, a smaller version of Kofi Mania tonight at Fastlane. Okay, um, and I'm going to take this next to Queen, and I was going to kind of slightly change the question, but do you think that before this new creative team that we would see long-term booking like this, just as um, Zach was alluding to there, or do you think that it would have been a quick one-and-done, Kofi gets a win tonight, and then shenanigans reverse it, and we get back to normality? I mean, it depends on what you mean by old creative within the last... How long, I guess. So, so so, when I say old creative, and this is something that I think is going to become a theme from now, I mean now that we have Bruce Pritchard behind the scenes and we have Jeff Jarrett, who is now officially head of creative, well, it's not head of, part of creative. We have Abyss, we have Sanjay Dutt. We have people that are coming in with different ideas and looking at long-term storyline booking, whereas Vince is notorious for forgetting who his champion is the week by to week. We have people that now have an idea of storyline coherence. So do you think that in, let's say, before January, if Kofi was getting over a little bit, do you think that we would have this kind of build? I don't know that it would have been as good of a build. They would have maybe had something. They may have squashed it, like Zach was saying, tonight, just for that pop. Um, instead of building it towards Mania, which I think is the better move overall. I mean, the whole match that we'll go over later um, that Kofi was supposed to be in, he was in it via the fans. So I think they made the smartest choice. So to mm-hmm. answer your question, uh, it wouldn't have been as big of a build prior to January. So, yeah. And Dallas, I'm going to ask uh, again, what what do you do you like again within that point, not going too far into the future of the evening, but um, is our creative geniuses right now? Is this the way to build your baby face? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would say geniuses necessarily, um, but it was the right move. I thought it was maybe slightly clunky. Um but overall, it was cool. It was it was you know unexpected. Like I you know when they said it was gonna be three, I was like, okay, cool. They're just doing a triple threat. Like figured, um, you know, I thought that was coming at Mania or whatever, and probably still is now. But um, yeah, so it was pretty good. And, and I, I love anytime you know Vince is is being crazy and evil like that. So I'm with it. Okay, so we're going to move on to the next backstage segment, which was the lovely Charlie Caruso interviewing the Boss and Hug Connection. Uh, Starting off uh, the women's tag team champions, the only and first women's tag team champions in existence in all of wrestling, according to the WWE. Uh, um, There was this one line, which I really like from Bailey, where she said, there's a rate no stronger connection than the Boss and Hug Connection. And then Sasha Banks slips in and says, and you can bank on that. I like it. I think it kind of works for him. I think it's a cool little uh, cool little deal. They shout out to Kofi Kingston, keeping the Kofi Kingston storyline going um, and saying that they really they weep for him or something. Anyway, that was backstage segment. We then have, and this is what the point I've written in my notes, Elias segment question. 
is he the minstrel of the WWE right now between segments and how much does everybody love it? Uh, let's start with let's start with Dallas. Uh, I mean, yeah, he definitely is. And I, I love it, but like I also like, I've always felt like he's got a ton of potential. And so sometimes I get a little frustrated like seeing him just play a, a silly character. You know. Um, let's go to Zach. What, what do you think about this? Is he now, like, is this now? Should this be the thing here? No backstage segments. Just have Elias go out there and explain to anyone turning up. We don't even need replays anymore. We'll just have Elias tell it on the guitar. Honestly, that's like an interesting twist. Um, you know, like, it, it's very refreshing to see, uh, to have some sort of narrator, as you say, minstrel role. Uh, it's very fresh. I... I've, I very much doubt the longevity of it. So, uh, like, I, I love the segments all by themselves, but, uh, you know, I thinking of them in the long term, I don't know how long this really lasts, and I don't know if that's really great for, uh, for Elias, the performer. Uh, he's got to evolve beyond that. Um, but, again, fun segments. I shouldn't uh, be down-talking them. Um, I, again... I just doubt their longevity, I suppose. Um, I'm going to say it's the Queen then. So do you like the way that Elias was used tonight? Or do you feel like having a match would have been a much better deal than just kind of being around? Well, (laughs) I will say that (laughs) I really enjoyed the minstrel aspect of Elias tonight minus the top knot on the top of his head however <laughs> as you as you will hear like a nice man bun no i don't not that kind um <laughs> as you might hear if you will tune in to jpq's no particular angle podcast dropping this wednesday hey. you're going to hear all about how much i hate elias <laughs> oh wow oh yeah Jeez. Thank you, thank plug. you. <laughs> um, I can't stand Elias. So some, there's some untapped potential here. Yeah, I'm really ready for him to leave this this phase this out and give me some more Elias when he's actually wrestling. And no more jeggings. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> but the shakings let him walk. Uh, so later later <laughs> I can walk in regular jeans, exactly. so can <laughs> Can you wrestle in regular okay. jeans? But then you can't go. power walk with a lawyer. I'll throw down in any outfit, okay? <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> Sorry, Foul. Go ahead. Fight, 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 fight. Uh, no, 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 no. I love it. I love it. I love it. Like, if you face off against a lawyer, I think that this is already booked. I think this is already booked. We already know this is going to happen. That you're going to face off against a lawyer in a loser. A loser is no longer allowed to wear fit, like tight, tight fitting <laughs> jeans or jeggings anymore. I didn't even realize they were jeggings. They like, are jeggings. I thought he that he just jeggings. wore skinny jeans. No, it's awful. They just had, they're just regular jeans and they got a little stretch in them. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, those are jeggings. <laughs> I can't stand it. Slow stretch. Well, if those are jeggings, yeah, every single pair of jeans that I wear are jeggings because they're all just about <laughs> no. keeping on me. Like, you know, like keeping them Not tight because I can't afford new stretch. clothes. Um, <laughs> Whatever. That's all, all right. All of my jeans are jeggings then. But uh, anyway, 
Anyway, anyway, I don't look. Yeah, this isn't this. This could have been a fashion police segment so easily. It could have been. It still can. But um, fashion files to be reopened. Fashion files to be reopened. Um, I'm surprised actually that we haven't had like either Fandango or um, I was calling Prince Pretty now um, turn up and just like you know throw a ticket at him because he deserves one for many reasons. Uh, backstage segment with Shane saying "humph" when asked why he attacked um, the Miz earlier on. Now we then went into the match that I was really excited for. One of the matches that I really wanted to watch tonight, and it was the triple threat match for the Raw Tag Team Titles. Normally, this match probably would have been on the pre-show, and it would have been a waste of everybody's time. But this time, it wasn't. So. We had the Revival facing off against Chad Gable and Bobby Roode um, and Red Ricochet and Alistair Black. Um, Revival, current Raw Tag Team Champions. Um, I thought it was really cool that Ricochet and Alistair Black came out with really, really big entrances. It's something that I think um, Queen said yes. in the green room. I totally agree with that. Um, and they were being touted from NXT as well. I loved that. Like These weren't raw superstars these were nope. nxt superstars um we had we had the revival getting knocked out of the ring first um tagged to gable and wilder and like towards the finish there's some amazing triple threat spots in this really really inventive stuff there was one when um uh, alistair black was trying to do a black master rude and he took his foot and he spun it around and hit dawson like that was just ingenious i was watching it and thought my god um and then it was a spine buster black gable with a backwards roll german um and then oh it was just there was some amazing spots in it um a, a ricochet with a hurricane runner on dawson to everyone on the outside and then cole with an amazing line if it's not nailed down ricochet can do tricks off it that was weird. Um, so ricochet <laughs> jumped over the corner post. I know Ricochet went over the corner post in only a way that you could do if you were playing SmackDown versus Raw. Oh god damn, that was amazing! And then uh, Shatter Machine from the Riv- uh, the revival on Gable, and they retain the revival retained their championships. Bobby Roode with the glorious DDT, and then after the match, Black and Ricochet oh. clean house, and <laughs> oh. Very nice, very nice. And uh, Ricochet, with a, I feel like uh, that was very good. Ricochet with a, with a 520, uh, 620, and they all stand tall. Nice. I don't know. I think, oh, I was going to say, if just just be careful. Look behind you, because Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano might be behind you right now. Uh, do you uh, like the revival retaining... Or do you think it should have been Black and Ricochet? And I'm going to start that. I'm going to start that with uh, Dallas over there. So, do you did you like the revival retaining, um, or do you think it should have been Black and Ricochet? I mean, I, I would have been more excited by uh, Black and Ricochet. Um, I guess you know. I guess it kind of makes some sense to have the revival retain and you know stay strong. They're 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 a pretty good tag team champion, I think. Um, so maybe having them lose on like Fastlane wouldn't be the right the right move you know I'll bet I'll, like I'll, now I'll bet you they'll lose on mania but um so yeah so yeah I think I think it was the right move but I, I personally would have enjoyed seeing black and ricochet when it you know ricochet has got some very intimidating flips and uh gymnastics demonstrations and black might be the best striker since undertaker mm. yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I could have seen both of them getting lost if they were single superstars, if they came up to NXT. I think they've been really protected and lucky that they are a tag team together because it means that they get a chance to both... It, it, it doesn't feel like anything they do is lost in what would have been like random singles matches that they would have had with people moving forward. Um, I'm going to kind of change it a little bit when I ask this to Queen now, but um, okay. obviously this is a spot that was rumoured. This is a spot that was rumoured for Champa and Gargano to, to, uh, to take. Champa now being injured and, you know, the neck, the, well, not injured, but the neck surgery. This spot was then taken by um was taken by ricochet and black do you think that if this was champa and gargano they would have walked out with the tag team titles tonight no i don't think they would have i think the viral revival still would have retained if it was them two i had picked uh alistair and ricochet to win actually this was my 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 one loss for the night but i I think it's more because yeah (laughs) yeah thank you um I really wanted um, them to win. Just, you know, we are NXT. I love NXT. (laughs) So, but yeah, I don't think they would have won either because they would have still been in the Dusty Classic as are Arikshay and uh, Alistair. So I don't think they would have won at this time. Could they have won in the future as I think Ricochet and Black will? Yes. Do you think Ricochet and Black will stay together as a tag team? Um, JP... Yeah, for a little while, I think they're gonna. That's a very good question. Um, do you think that, like, that was what I was going to kind of move on to? I was going to say, if you think that they were going to stay together, um, and say JPQ's just said plug hashtag no jeggings. So, what was that <laughs> that you're going to be on the no particular angle podcast on? When's that? What's that happening? It's so happening. Make sure this is correct. Is it Wednesday? Yeah. Is it this Wednesday? It's on Wednesday. Yeah, and it's all about wrestling fashion. I'm looking at Elias right now. and I Where can you find that? Is that available on all podcast platforms? On every single podcast <laughs> platform, baby. Nice. <laughs> um, I don't think they're jegging. I'm going to find it. You know, while we're doing this, I'm going to find a picture of him, like, right now. Let's see if they're jeggings. But, um, He's on my TV Yeah, right I wanted to ask No, um, not tonight. Zachary. He wasn't wrestling tonight. Tonight what? he was... Oh, yeah, he is, actually. It sounds like Dallas has, uh, has eyes on the jeggings or no jegging situation. <laughs> I want to hear what... Uh, I want to hear eyes on the scene here. Yeah. I can't yeah. even. I'm going to find you a picture, and I'm texting Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm watching. I've got... <sighs> I've got the fast laid like preview on. I like the, um, it's the the show straight after, isn't it? Like the replay. I'm watching yeah. Elias right now. Like sure. number one, that's a really weird top knot. I don't understand how that top knot even exists. But um, thank you. Got a sweet scarf, and I, th- I I don't think that they're jeggings. Like I okay, think I'm that those are just really skinny jeans you. with a bit of a knee coming out of it. Okay, tonight yeah, he's I, not wrestling. They do look quite so sheer though. Have, like promo they do look clothes. Quite <laughs> Promise you, it's there. Yeah, they look, they do look quite sheer. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna take a word for it. Take a word for it. So, um, yeah, uh, um, the question I was gonna ask, the question I was gonna ask to to Zach was, um, Zach, I was gonna call you, start calling you Zach. Uh, if that is your name, hopefully. Oh my god, it this is. show has gone a lot longer than I've hoped. Like, the, I, think, I think what it is, yeah, is I've drank a lot of coffee and I was watching fight with my family today, and there's a character called Zach Zodiac. Um, which is Paige's brother. Paige's brother, yeah. Oh my god, he's got the Zack attack. Oh good. 
Yeah, Zach Knight. Uh, I don't know. But uh, yeah, Zach, I was going to ask that. Do, do you think that, because I, I kind of said this during my shows before, but the, the Raw Tag Team Championship is just, you know, it's a brooch that people wear for a very short period of time. Do you think that the Revival have to hold on to this tag team title, um, these tag team titles for a long period of time to kind of undo a lot of the damage that's happened to the Raw Tag Team Championship over the past year or so? They really do, and I firmly believe that they're the right team to do it too. Uh, when they were in NXT, what got them over was like these extended tag team barn burners, um, which it, we're starting to see. Like the past few Raws, I've, I've been noticing that like Revival has had some TV time, maybe not their entrances, but uh, they've they've been having good long matches uh if that trend continues that's only good for the tag team scene on raw um and they just need like the good uh baby face foil uh, like if they keep having great tag team matches between now and wrestlemania and beyond that's only good for ooh, pardon me for raw's tag team scene Okay, okay. Let's move on to the next match. So the next match was... Um, oh, so the next match was the match that I decided to have my smoke break in. So I watched it, <laughs> but um, I also had to go get some more coffee. Um, cause, and it was only because the, the, there was no point in the evening where I could actually go for anything because it was so quick. Like, everything was so fluid and it just... I didn't feel like I wanted to leave. But I had to. Luckily, the network is available also on my mobile device. So I was able to go and watch it. Um, now, I've put in that I thought that Samoa Joe would, would retain this. So I'm going to kind of hand it over to you guys. I did watch the match. But um, who, who'd liked, who, who liked this match out of the three of you? I liked it very much. Which match? Okay, give us a little <laughs> bit. I really liked it. Give us a rundown. Um, that it's the US, the fatal four-way US title match. Um, I know it was, I was being. <laughs> it was Samoa Joe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's we too late for of, you to be uh, cheeky now. I don't even know. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean, like we saw a lot of uh, repeat. Uh, uh, repeated spots and storytelling that we saw just this past Tuesday on SmackDown, uh, but they also extended past that. Uh, considering this match was like announced during the pre-show, I wasn't expecting like too much, um, but I certainly got more than what I expected in that regard. Um, great match, fast action. I'm happy that Joe. Re oh, sorry guys. Uh, I'm happy that Joe retained. Uh, fast and Furious, great match. Okay. Um, anyone else want to jump in on that? Like, uh, it was a fantastic match and very unexpected. Um, what did everyone think of Samoa Cho's title defense today? Let's go to let's go to Dallas. What did you think, mate? It was all right. I mean, I don't know. I was like, this would be the match that I, w I would switch for the the New Day match to the pre-show, except that it's a, a title, so maybe not. But um, I mean, I wasn't ex too excited to see Rey Mysterio versus Andre or Andrade, whatever his name is. I don't really care for either of those guys too much, aside from you know some of Mysterio's like high flying moves and all that. And then our truth, I don't understand why he's still under contract. Samoa Joe, he's he's pretty good, but like, so. Yeah, you know, I yeah, I wasn't I wasn't too too jazzed about it. I uh I think I was cooking dinner a little bit myself during that match and uh you know, 
I watched it, but I wasn't crazy for it. Okay, Queen, I want to ask you, for mm-hmm. for you, who is your United States champion? Is it R-Truth or is it Samoa Joe? Oh, it's Samoa Joe all the way. And I love R-Truth, don't get me wrong. I think he's hysterical. But um, I need the United States champion to mean something and the championship belt to mean something. And Samoa Joe's the dude for it. He's hot on the mic. He's intimidating. He's great in the ring. He's going to be it. Um, I'm going to ask this to everyone actually um, over the past over the past few months um, probably actually over the past year the United States Championship has been treated like crap like absolutely yep. crap um, it's been uh, it's been traded on the kickoff show it's been traded month to month it's been traded it's been traded on shows that are already recorded it's felt like a joke um, and actually let's take it to you Quinn um, what do you think so Samoa Joe is a really good idea to kind of build that again credibility and give it that oomph again what do you think needs to happen in the US title scene to make that happen I need to see some tournaments I need to see some real contenders I need to see some solid story building I need some psycho Samoa Joe and I am here for that Um, anyone else? Anyone else? Have ways that you could help to rebuild the United States title, um, the United States title division, because it is re- It feels weird to have the U.S. title now. I mean, it's always been a cheap um, belt. Let's for let's me. go to let's. Sorry, yeah, Dallas. Sorry, yeah, it's always been a cheap belt for me. I'm, I'm kind of a golden era guy, you know. So I like the Intercontinental Championship and the World Championship. So like this second WWE Championship, I don't care for that. I don't like the U.S. title. They don't, they don't, they're just like excessive to me. You know, I mean, I understand they got to have like a lot of belts, you know, so they can have like a bunch of different things going on, but. I think they'd be better off cutting it down to make the Intercontinental Championship mean more again, and and they can you know just do other things than have guys competing for titles. Okay, I'm I'm going to put it to um, to Zach like this: Is what's happened to the United States title, the United States title, basically what happened to the European Championship during? The mid to like the early two thousands, where it was a championship that kind of meant something, but at the same time it was given to people almost as a a driving force of a storyline, as just it was nothing else than that. Do you kind of uh, draw any comparisons to the U- European Championship back in that time? Yeah, certainly. It was like uh, it was a uh, the European Championship was very tetriary. Um, like compared to the intercontinental championship. And I think we're in the same position. Um, What's different now is like uh, the intercontinental and the U S title are on different brands, you know, like, so we're the U S title is, is losing face, but it's not, it's not losing face because like it's uh, it's falling in third place to, uh, to the intercontinental title. It's just not getting enough focus. Uh, Yeah. That's that's what I think. Okay, okay. Um, let's take it to the next match then. So the next match was the only and ever ever in history women's tag team champions, um, Sasha Banks and Bailey, the Boss and Hood Connection, facing off against 
show favourites, Nia Jax and Tamina Snooker. I have nicknamed them over on Josh Wrestling, Josh's Wrestling Reverb, hashtag Facebreaker and hashtag Pushbreaker, Tamina Snooker. Um, because any time that Tamina Snooker is allied with someone, they seem to just lose and <laughs> lose their spot on the card. I don't know why. But... Um, we so I've put this in. So what I started doing during my show was I started writing down things that potentially we will hear about in the dirt sheets in the next week as injuries that have happened as a result of Nia Jax. So first of all, we had Gorilla Front Pet press two banks onto Bailey, which looked so awkward, and it looked like Bailey kind of just fell. I actually took that. Um, I then wrote this match is terrible. And then Naya can't catch Banks. Oh, that looked really bad. And does a sloppy-looking Samoan drop. I've then written Botch City. Um, Bailey with a suicide dive. Um, and then, this is how bored I was. I wrote, um, the musical and sound effect for the replay in this night was a car racing past, which goes, nah, every time. And um, Bailey almost getting two, but broken up by Tamina on the outside. And Nia Jax is up. And this was actually very impressive. And I was quite impressed. Nia Jax um, took a victory roll from Bailey, And she got pinned for three. Very impressive manoeuvre from Nia Jax, actually. Very impressive. And so the Boston Hug Connection win. We then have a beatdown from Jax and Bailey, And then the really cool thing that happened was superkick to Bailey by Snooker. Nia Jax throws Banks over the announce table. Tamina stares down Beth, who punches Snooker and is all like screw you I'm a Hall of Famer and then Tamina and Jax roll her into the ring Jax does like a people's leg drop I called it and (laughs) then um, Natty comes out to assist both women get beaten down by Jax and Tamina and I've written written, this is the question how excited are you for this new tag team Natty and Beth Phoenix and what other female tag teams would you want to see in a fictional female Dusty Rhodes classic and I am going to start with... I'm going to start with Queen. All right. Can I can I just say something about this tag team match first? I, uh, man, is anybody else disappointed can. by how they are doing these women's tag titles? I feel like I, I was hoping when they, these belts dropped that they would be more prepared. And I just feel like we're seeing a repeat of... Naya and Tamina over and over and over again. Where are the other women's tag teams? I don't understand what's happening. Um, it, it's driving me nuts. But anyway. Yeah, it seems like there could be a lot more teams here, right? Right. It just well, seems no, no, no. like I, happening. Actually, say, say, saying, say, saying that, like earlier on in the evening, the Iconics kind of came up ringside. Sorry, to, they came up to the desk and to the panel and they got involved with Sam Roberts mm. and stuff. And it feels weird because they're a tailor-made tag team there. You're right. Why is it Nia Jackson Tamina that are just like, okay, cool, what they're the biggest bullies in the yard, so they automatically get a title shot? Is that how we're yeah. kind of working things now? Like, because they had a tournament to get into an elimination chamber match for them. Why is this happening? Actually, yeah, I'm going to open that up. Does What did everyone think of the match and how they're treating the women's tag division? Um, let's move over to uh, to Dallas, because you sounded like you wanted to say something there, mate. Go for it. Um, yeah, no, I was just kind of agreeing, um, you know, that, that it, it is sort of a stale thing, and um, it seems like, there, yeah, there could be a lot of cool teams, so that's an interesting question you had about, you know, what, what other teams could there be? Um you know, yeah, so let, they, they, 
they need to do more with it. Yeah. We'll pull it back to that question then, and I'll zip. I'll rewind back to Queen then. So Queen, <laughs> what what tag teams in this fictional Dusty Rhodes classic would you put in there? Who 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 are your like out of like left field teams or teams that already exist? Um. This is going to sound terrible, but I don't really like any of them except for Kyrie Sane and Io Shirai. So uh, I want Sky that match. That's right, baby. Awesome. Sky Pirates. Um, I'm not really Ooh. feeling a lot of the women's tag teams right now, and that's very disappointing for me to say. I want to love them. Really, I do. But there's not a lot of options for me. I like the Iconics gimmick, but I can't stand to hear them speak. So mm-hmm. that really bothers me. Um and as for this newly formed alliance between Beth and Natty, I love Beth Phoenix. She's the Glamazon. That's not a woman I would cross ever. So she's great. I, I mean, I know that they're friends, but I'm not really sure how I feel about Natty in a tag team. Yeah, because I, I would have thought that, like, I remember I was sitting there and, like, in the watch along and I was like, ooh, like, let's just have Molly Holly turn up. Like, is it, this would be a really good way to get in some of those women that, you know, because, my God, that would have been an amazing tag team. It would have been a really cool way to have bring in the nostalgia, but someone like Molly Holly wouldn't necessarily work on her own. Like, people, maybe people wouldn't know her well enough. But if she was put in with Beth Phoenix, that's a goddamn great tag team. And it's got the nostalgia there. It's got callbacks. There's an enough of a, an audience. You could bring back people like, say, Nydia, or people just for one-shots. You could theoretically have a tag team of Tori Wilson and um, uh, Stacey Keebler, theoretically, because they wouldn't need to be there other than this one little nostalgia pop that they'd have in this Dusty Rhodes classic. Um, let's let's take it to um to Zach then. So, any tag teams that you would put into a fictional Dusty Rose classic of the women that exist now within the WWE? Uh, I I, I kind of have to bring it back for a second. Like um, Natalia and Beth. I mean, like I'm not uh, like I'm not trying to like throw shade or anything, but like these guys were like uh, sorry, these girls. Uh, wow. <laughs> Pardon me. Uh, these girls were like absolutely an established these people. Don't you know, worry talk- about it. We talked about like the whole divas of doom. Uh, you know, they were just like a few years ahead of their time. Imagine if Natalia and Beth Phoenix in their primes were teaming today. They would be an absolute shoe in for uh, for like a mm-hmm. women's tag team division. Um, so like. You know, forgive me. Like I'm a huge Beth Phoenix fan, and uh, you know, I'm not trying to like. I just take, took a little exception to saying they're a thrown together tag team. I think they're 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 a little more than that. I think they have like some established lore that we really need to capitalize on in this um, fantasy booking scenario. Um, in regards to such a like a, a Dusty Rhodes female classic, um, if I could pick female, uh, pick injured uh, superstars, I would absolutely pick. Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox yeah. right now because they are just like stars in waiting and their injuries could not come in worse times. Um, I would love to see more of them, uh, especially in a women's tag team division. Yeah, and just to clarify, I don't mean thrown I, together I like as if they had that... no history, but I mean okay. thrown together as in like right now. <laughs> it just okay. happens right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. But... 
No, but that does make sense. And that's, I think, what I was kind of saying as well. It's like there is history between them that they kind of came together in that time. And you can build that later on. But for a kind of like it makes sense in the in the in the in the like the the situation and the happenings of this event because Beth Phoenix is out there as on commentary and Natalia would actually be backstage not having a match because that's what happens with Natalia all the time so she would have been back there ready to get involved in some shenanigans um but it might have been really cool like in my opinion to have maybe that evening Beth Phoenix gets beaten down and then if you're going to have this as a storyline and then tomorrow on Raw or next week on SmackDown, you have, you know what, I'm going to bring out someone from my past or I'm going to bring out someone to help me. And that's when Natalia comes out. Like, okay. and then you could, it makes sense. But this does feel a bit thrown together, doesn't it? It feels like, well, mm-hmm. who in the back wants to help her? Well, Natalia's not doing anything. So why don't you just throw her out there? Um, but, okay. Again, and I do apologize for my for creative, me getting worked up. I I worked new... myself up into a shoot, brother. <laughs> That's oh, okay, pal. You're good. Exactly. How did you do that? <laughs> Don't worry. This ain't called the hat take ranto for nothing. It's all right. It's all right. But like you know, you like it's it's true though. Like it does feel like like bro it does just feel like, it feels like it, it's not as bad as like Chad Gable and Bobby Roode just being thrown together. Like why are you guys a tag team? Because uh, creative had nothing for us. Do you want to be tag team champions? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great, dude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just I want every time that I walk into a room for that to play. That's yes, all I want in life. Yeah. Wait, I think I could make it happen. <laughs> it would make me feel great. And any time I walked into somewhere, I'd be happy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd I'd like to be Bobby Roode, but I, I want to have some value in my work. So I, I, oh, I love Bobby Roode. I love Bobby Roode so much. Yeah, I I love him. Yeah, I loved him in beer. Beer money is one of my favorite gimmicks of all time. Yeah, and when he was in TNA, I loved him so much. Like he really got me into like his character, especially because I watched him from Team Canada all the way through to when he became the It Factor Bobby Roode, and I was like i like this guy is awesome and then he turned up in the wwe and he's tagging with you know the other guy who isn't kurt angleson for some reason and like i don't know he just he just started losing it for me and now i look at bobby i've read about bobby Roode, and he really loves like where he is and he's like people shouldn't like pity me i'm having really good matches on house shows just on tv i'm looking like a sap but that's (laughs) fine He's happy. <laughs> yes. Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. I. Uh, uh, so Boston Hood connection win. Um. And I'm gonna take it to the next segment, which was. Ah. So, we next up we had that there was going to be a triple threat match, um, for the WWE title. So everyone's all like, oh yeah, triple threat match announced in the ring. Out comes KO and Daniel Bryan comes out with Eric Rowan. And we then get your triple threat match for the WWE title, which I've written question mark. And Mustafa Ali returns. Mustafa Ali returns, added to the match. The second that he turns up, everyone starts chatting, we want Kofi. No one cared. They then pan on the video to a Kofi Mania sign and crowd just start booing. 
through the whole of that beginning of that match and they just start chanting we want Kofi Mustafa Ali is getting absolutely no heat um there's some like wicked the match was fantastic there's loads of high spots a brutal drop kick to Ali launching him into a barricade on the outside still no heat um Spanish fly onto Brian gets the crowd back into it Kevin rolls out of the way the 450 stunner to Ali Brian saves it uh beautiful pop-up powerbomb to Brian from Owens just two um Owens back first to the apron looked sick and then Brian with a knee fist um knee first to the post still crowd are kind of dead kind of coming back into it now though 450 onto the apron on Brian Rowan pulls out the champ as he gets on the apron to get Ali then double super kick to Rowan from Owens and Ali Owens over the top rope and then a flying knee to Ali uh, sorry to Owens as he rolls back into the ring Ali lands on his feet after a moonsault that looked freaking sweet and uh Brian win. Oh no, Nita Ali in the air pins Ali to pick up the win. Brian wins. My question. Oh, my question. I'm oh, sorry. After the match, choke slammed Ali in the ring by Rowan after the match. My question: What did you think of? First of all, let's go around because it was. I'd, I'd like to ask this question of everyone. But what did you all think of the match, uh, Z- uh, Zach? What did you think of this match, man? Excellent match. Um, at first, I was very thrown off by Mustafa Ali being thrown in. Um, like you, ga- they gave him the Rey Mysterio treatment of the 2014 Royal Rumble. You know, everyone was hoping for Daniel Bryan coming in at number 30, and out comes Rey Mysterio. Uh, in this scenario, we got Mustafa Ali, who is a very well liked superstar. Like uh, I love him. I, I I don't know too many people who don't. But he just got eaten up by that crowd, and like he had no heat because it was it was Kofi Mania, and rightfully so. Um, that being said, like despite that uh, that obstacle the three performers had, they really worked beyond that obstacle. They really won back the crowd more and more as the match went on. Um, you know, there were still spurts of "We want Kofi," uh, but you know, by the end. Everyone was invested. Myself, I was on the edge of my seat. Great finish. Holy crap. Knee plus to the to a flying uh, Mustafa Ali was absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, great match. And yeah, brilliant. All right, Dallas, again, what did you think of the match? Give us your highlights. What did you think of it? Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, that, that, that flying knee finish was insane. Um you know the uh, it was also there was a, a sick drop kick. Um, I think it was by Daniel Bryan, like off the that sent Mustafa Ali flying, like it went like way into the wall. It looked pretty cool. Um, and then Kevin Owens, like he uh, we flipped out of the ring into uh, Eric Rowan and like came about an inch away from taking his own head off on the announce table. That was like a, that was another uh, that was another good stunt. Um, I like the I like the you don't deserve to be here beating also that Mustafa Ali took in the middle of the ring from from Daniel Bryan <laughs> that was pretty funny, um, but uh, um, yeah so I know I thought it was uh, it was it was you know it was an exciting match I think we all kind of agree on that and then like I thought it was pretty 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 smart writing by WWE because I think they needed a way to come out of that match without like Kevin Owens, Daniel Bryan, or Kofi Kingston losing. So, you know, going into it, I thought maybe, oh, you know, Kofi will interfere in the match or something like that and set up a triple threat. But, you know, obviously that didn't happen. And then, you know, so they put Mustafa Ali in there to take the fall. Um, 
so that you know neither one of those guys had to take a loss. And I think the storyline can kind of continue to evolve now. Okay, well, um, Queen, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm guessing you liked the match, so I'm gonna jump into the question, which is, um, what do you think of the reaction by the fans? Are the WWE playing the crowd just right? Or are they ruining Kofi? And if one more bit to this, is Ali hurt by all of this? They're definitely not hurting Kofi. Kofi Mania is running strong, as you could hear throughout that entire match. Uh, and they still want it, and you'll hear it again on Tuesday. And poor Mustafa Ali. I feel so bad. He came out, and it was just like crickets. They just did not want him there. And that's a tough spot to be in. But boy, did he prove why he's so awesome so ultimately no i don't think he's hurt by it but it is sad that he gets the the berry pin i knew that the, like uh, dallas just said they weren't going to give ko or db or kofi the pin or the loss in any way they wanted to keep them protected for obvious reasons so i just feel bad for the poor guy <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, let's let's just all here just take a moment to just, you know, mourn the the career of Mustafa Ali, just for one <laughs> night, because, like... He'll be fine. So, I felt so... I did... I did... I felt so bad for him. He comes out, like, after injury, and if you think about it, it logical sense that would have been his spot like he if he wasn't injured, he would probably be in that match anyway, like in that triple threat so it's just a bit unfair that he goes out with an injury and then yeah like everyone's like oh yeah we forgot about Kofi yeah Kofi's been here ages here let's let Kofi take this and then Mustafa Ali comes out and is like hey guys I'm not injured anymore yeah we don't care we've moved on we've all moved on like yeah. I'm just but I have to agree that he really really showed why he is he, he is going to be a great babyface moving forward because he just went through it and he just kept doing it and they were doing like ridiculous spots to try and get over with the crowd but he could keep it going so um i am gonna take us to the the next match which <laughs> which was this is weird so i thought that this would potentially be the main event but it wasn't now this is becky lynch versus charlotte flair for a chance to be involved in the main event at wrestlemania um we had uh, Charlotte, so if Lynch wins, she's added to the WrestleMania 35 match with Flair, and if she lost, it would uh, she'd be done. Now, Lynch came out with like a crutch and stuff, like really selling the fact that she's injured. Um, Charlotte Flair was like being super duper heel, like I loved her as that version of the Queen. Um, now Charlotte comes in, Lynch comes down on a crutch, can't hold the WWE responsible. She signs some stuff. It's like a non-sanctioned match or some crap. Super heel Charlotte goes straight for Lynch's injured knee and says, there's a few lines that someone said that, um, Brian said that they turned the ring mics up. Um, and I kind of agree with that because after what had happened with Kofi, the crowd was dead. So they really had to try and get that crowd back. Um, she said one line, which is, come on, you're going to have to hit me a lot harder than that. Becky can barely stand up. Really, really good story with the constant and the right and just one knee being worked on they didn't mess up the set like a different knee being worked on um single looking sick looking single leg boston crab crowd start chanting for becky charlotte keeps sticking out her tongue for some reason i wrote that down it's like almost like when people go heel in the wwe they just stick their tongue out and that denotes that they're a heel so she's putting her tongue out 
Uh, she starts toying with Lynch after a knee block, and then she points at the WrestleMania sign. Um, Charlotte Flair uh, starts. Renee Young starts saying some stuff about Charlotte Flair on the mic, and then immediately backtracks straight away when someone points out that she's incorrect. Um, the uh, Charlotte gets thrown off the top rope by Becky. The crowd are dead. Becky Lynch gets Charlotte into the disarmor, reversed to a figure of eight by Flair. That's when our Lord and Savior Ronda Rousey runs down. Uh, and knees Lynch in the face. <laughs> um, little Nature's all like, what you doing? And Charles Robinson then denotes that this is a disqualification and that Becky Lynch wins by disqualification. And Ronda Rousey just looks really happy with herself. And Flair looks pissed, but doesn't do anything about it, even though there's an injured Becky Lynch now in her, at her feet. And Becky Lynch just laughs in the corner. And Rousey points at the sign and walks off. Um, my question was... Uh, and I'm going to start with Dallas. And my question is, why? <laughs> why all of this? Did we need to do this? Well, I think they needed to do the triple threat. I've been, I've been, you know, saying that, that was going to be the thing in WrestleMania for a couple months. Um, and I, I think it was, yeah, I think it was a good way to get there. You know. Um, I'm not sure. I'm sure you know, there's other ways, but I'm not sure I would necessarily change it. Okay, um, let's move to Zach then. So, was this the like? Was this the? I I said that my kind of prediction was that this would be a double countout after interference from Rousey. But do you think that this was probably the best way to get there as well? I thought it was clever. Um, you know, your, your precursor to this is like, why did they need to have this? Uh, why did they need to do this? Which has been kind of a repeatable question throughout yeah. this entire program, frankly. Um, like this could have been uh, Becky won the Rumble. Uh, Charlotte got inserted because corporate chose her and that would be the end of it. But we got this whole convoluted thing of suspensions and uh uh, non suspensions, or and then this match that we had tonight. Um, so yeah, it, like this whole this whole feud is just very confusing to me. Uh, and I thought tonight was a clever way to resolve it. I like the DQ finish. Um, I liked the motivations behind each character um, as it happened. Uh, you know, I'm just not thrilled by it. <laughs> You know? Okay. Um, I'm going to take this to Queen and I'm going to change it a little bit. But with with this match, of all the matches going into WrestleMania, do you feel that because of all these extra little bits and flourishes and extra stuff that we're getting going on with it, do you think that this is the best match going into WrestleMania based on storyline and just you know, the, the, like the journey we've got to this match based on every other match that's happening at WrestleMania. This is a classic case of you have gold and you're ready and everything's all set. And then someone comes in there with a giant eraser and like a bag of garbage and fucks it all up. (laughs) It's just way too much. It's convoluted. You had the storyline already. You had the storyline already, and now it's all these changes, and she's suspended. Now she's not suspended. Then she's arrested, and then there's files, uh, charges filed. And now, oh, everything's lifted, everything's fine. And then Rhonda's mad, and she's breaking kayfabe, and it's just like a mess. So it's still going to be a great match regardless because 
Charlotte and Becky are great. Ronda has vastly improved. And I have no doubt that Charlotte and Becky can carry this WrestleMania main event as it will be um, with without a shadow of a doubt. And it's going to be spectacular. Um, and I'm just glad Ronda's heel. I wish she had been heel the second she arrived here. And that's that's the kind of what I was going to take from all of this. This has now brought out heel Ronda Rousey. What does everyone think about heel Ronda Rousey? Like, is this... And I think you've kind of... That's exactly my thought on this, um, Queen, is that this should have been Ronda Rousey from the beginning. So yes. I'm going to take it to, to Zach first. Do you think that we should have had a heel Ronda Rousey to begin with, that we shouldn't have messed about with face Rousey all this time? I think there, that would have been interesting, but I think there was a lot of value in Face Rousey that we uh, that we got to explore with the program against Triple H and Stephanie with Kurt Angle, uh, as well as against Alexa Bliss, and like even up until um, quote unquote Face versus Face against Sasha Banks at Royal Rumble. Um, you know, instinctively, I, I I think I would have rather had Ronda Rousey as a heel from the get-go. But in in execution, I was quite surprised in how she performed as a babyface. Um, that being said, I'm very happy she's a, she's a heel now. Like, that, it seems more natural, certainly. But I'm, I'm also glad that we didn't lose that experience of Ronda Rousey as a face because we got some really good matches uh, and some pretty good stories told uh, when she was a, uh, she was a babyface. Okay. Um, same same question for you then, um, uh, Dallas. Do you think that we should have just started with um, heel Rousey, and that we're now getting what us as I guess more um, more critical fans have got a chance to see? Like this is what we wanted from the beginning. Dallas, you there? <laughs> we'll move on. We'll oh, move sorry, on. I was, I was uh, muted. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, so the, I, I, huh? yeah. No, no, don't worry, I, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. I don't. I don't think you. Uh, I don't think you could go with her as a heel right away, just because when she first came to the WWE, you know, she was. Um, she was still kind of, you know, the UFC fighter. And so, and she couldn't really act either. Like she, all she could kind of do was like smile and be happy to be there. And so they had to give her some time to kind of be thought of as a, as a pro wrestler and, and develop her, her chops a little bit on the mic and then doing promos and everything like that to the point where I think she can make an effective heel, which is what she's doing now. Okay. All right, so um, whistling on to the uh, the last match. Well, first of all, we then had another Elias segment, and this is where at this point I wrote <clears throat> the minstrel of the pay per view, providing links between each match. This is where it just made sense to me then. So he he said this one line, which is "Thank you and I love none of you." At this point, Lacey Evans walked out to the crowd to do her little turn turn on the catwalk on the catwalk to do a little turn on the catwalk. And she she walked out to the crowd. Elias stood up, all like interested, and then she walks back. And then out of nowhere, Randy Orton with an RKO, which was amazing. And then <laughs> out of nowhere again, then AJ with the phenomenal forearm. Out of nowhere, like that was amazing. Um, and it was the natural end to Elias just being there in every single segment as well. Um, I uh, 
what did everyone think of what was essentially a little mini movie that was happening between every match and then Randy Orton just turned up like that was great that was great yeah um but I will take it on to our the main event of the evening um which was the shield Roman Reigns Seth Rollins and death uh, death and Dean Ambrose um uh, Dean Ambrose <laughs> versus Drew McIntyre Baron Corbin Bobby Lashley, I don't know why, the death of his career. Uh, Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, The Shield, and I've put in, I put in my prediction was that The Shield wins with Reigns getting the pin on Lashley. Like everyone said, Corbin, I should have gone with Corbin, but um, as they have been named by Josh from Wrestling Reaver, DLC. So DLC were out first, then The Shield get what I thought of as a very weak pop from the crowd. They weren't as over as I think a lot of this was that everyone was exhausted from wanting Kofi to turn up at some point. Um, and they said on the commentary, Michael Cole, that Dean Ambrose has not, no, he has that he has not re-signed and he will be leaving. Um, Rollins is facing Lesnar and Reigns will have his own future. Um, the Shield clean house is DLC startup outside. Great teamwork by Dean and Rollins. Uh, they start saying time to take our yard back. Drew says to Reigns, you're nothing to me. And Reigns is the last man, goes out to do a dive, double suicide dive, Reigns looking airborne. Just a very good match, actually, back and forth. They then go to the panel area. Ambrose is caught by L and D from DC, DLC. Reigns looks for a Superman punch stopped by Corbin. Superman punch um, only two. End of days to Reigns, saved by Ambrose and Rollins. Rest of the shield for the save. Stomp to... There's some very cool spots, actually. Stomp to Lashley on the table by Seth Rollins. Triple power bomb to Drew through the table. Shield bomb. They start getting a chant for one more time, but there is no time. They just move to the next spot. And Cole says, classic huddle. I don't know why. Everyone does huddles. Like, what? it's not a shield thing. The shield didn't invent the huddle, but apparently, according to Cole, they did. Um, then we get a, this is awesome chant while they're huddling. Uh, then classic shield, they surround the ring and Corbin in the middle. Superman punch, uh, dirty deeds DDT. So super kick, Superman punch, dirty deeds DDT. Someone swears and they get bleeped. Uh, triple power bomb in the ring to Corbin. That's when Cole has to say it. Vintage shield, and they start hugging in the ring, and they say tonight in the hands of justice for one final time, one final ride, one final vintage thing. Oh, that's why I print. Sorry. Um, now. The, the winners were the shield and of course they were um now the question that i wanted to ask and there's a few of these so i'm going to start with the first one which is have we seen the shield reform too many times for it to be special again and i'm going to start with queen um do you think we've seen them reform too many times uh, well, they tried to reform, you know, several months ago, but then there was injuries and issues. So I felt like that one wasn't needed if you were going to do this, but I don't know that they were planning to do this. So it's kind of a, a, a catch-22 in that regard. Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, I think the people really love the Shield. Um, I'm kind of eh at them at this point, but uh, generally the crowd was very into it and it was nice to see at the end, um, even though Dean's not really leaving. So there's that. Okay, uh, let's go to Zach next then. So, have we seen the Shield reform too many times for it to be special again? 
I mean, yeah, we certainly have, but it it's this isn't like the NWO, which was just rebooted time and time again because the storyline dictated it. Um, as as Queen said, like injury and poor circumstance just kind of like uh, took the helm, and it led to unfortunate. Uh, stop and starts with the shield uh, reuniting and everything. Um, me myself, you know, I'm going to jump out of my chair every time. By the time I hear Sierra, um, so like I'm not going to complain about a shield reunion anytime soon. Uh, but you know, I'm not going to like fault anyone who's who's grown tired of it either. Um, I hope this one sticks. We're calling it the last ride, but you know, they also called rock versus Cena once in a lifetime. So it wouldn't be the first time they lied about things like this. Um, you know, we'll see how it plays out. Um, I hope it hangs around. Okay. Same question to Dallas. Um, do you think that we've seen the shield reform too many times for it to be special again? Uh, not quite. I feel, I feel like this is the line. You know, like this time it was cool, especially with Reigns coming back and, uh, you know, Ambrose supposedly leaving, even though I'm, I'm with you, Queen. I think that's definitely kayfabe. I mean, you know, they're, they're talking about it way too much for it to be real. Like you know, way right? too much, yeah. <laughs> you know, if he, if he was actually leaving, they probably just wouldn't mention it. This was my next question. Yeah. Well, that's my next question. I'm going to let oh, you guys sorry, talk okay, it out. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Do we yeah, think no, Dean Ambrose is leaving? No, 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 no. You've jumped perfectly to it. Do we think Dean not. Ambrose is leaving? Not. Let's start with you, Dallas. And anyone that wants to jump in, definitely not. Um, Queen, you sounded like you were right on that. Dean Ambrose is... I'm, I'm totally with you guys. I don't think Dean Ambrose is leaving. If he was, they yeah. would make such a goddamn song and dance about it. So. Right. Mm. At first, I think it, it could have gone either way. But then when they when they when Michael Cole mentioned it on live TV, I was like, oh, it's over. OK, he's staying. Yeah, so, yeah that was the line for me as well. OK, cool. All right. Sorry, Dallas. Sorry, I was. I was, yeah, but it was do, probably do you think... where it, was, it was real at first and then like they ended up signing him. So then they like made a thing out of it. Right. Yeah, and it's this whole reality error, isn't it? This is this whole, like, and I like it now that there is there are certain things that we are not sure of. Yeah. So now it, a storyline can be made of it, and we don't know how much of it is real hey. and how much of it isn't real. To the point, it's the rebuilding of kayfabe, and so, I love it. Uh, now, so hey, so oh, sorry, so, so sorry, so so speaking of that, right? This is touchy. Okay, so forgive me but is anybody asking the question was Reigns' thing for real oh absolutely so, not that is a, a no. follow-up yeah, question that i'm going to bring in, in i'm going to bring in in a second okay no i'm going to bring in another question in a second um it was huh? something that i wanted to refer to and I, it was a question that i kind of skipped over but no i, I want to i want to very quickly broach it but dave Meltzer made a few comments um, not that long ago, about the about, and I'm going to use this word because it makes me sound classier, but about the veracity of his diagnosis and the fact that someone couldn't wasn't able to, you know, get back to any kind of fit state to be able to wrestle, and that he was faking. Now, Dave Meltzer is notorious for producing speculation and rumor as fact. And he's been doing this a lot recently and been getting called out on it. I don't think that it was faked because why would you... It's not... 
there's um I don't know how many people here watch um the the league or have watched the league that used to come on FX um about fantasy football league and like the weird stuff that people do. Nick Kroll was in it and I used to watch it all the time. There was an actor in that show who said in an interview that he was um in one of the buildings um uh, during um September the eleventh attack back in two thousand one. And he said that in loads of interviews. Then when it was a lie the whole time and he'd said it one time as a joke. And when people found out about this, he basically got cut from the league. He got cut from everything because he came out and said it. This isn't the kind of thing that you could walk back from. It's not a, oh yeah, like this, this isn't something that you could ever walk back from. So to say that it's fake feels so stupid and so demeaning mm-hmm. like I, I mean i don't know what you guys think about that I, i'd like to i'd like to hear that because Meltzer says stupid shit all the time and this is the stupidest shit that i think he's ever said yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you can't you can't say it's fake right because like you know, you know who knows like it's a, it's a tough thing but like it it's like if you all but you could look at it from the perspective of like it's they tried everything to get reigns over and nothing worked and so this would be like the nuclear bomb to just be like say your leukemia came back you know go from your movie and you'll come back and okay. get a huge pop yeah. um can i jump in yeah so queen I, I, you would you would say yeah queen jump in jump in Okay, so I have personal family experience with this type of leukemia. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are some instances in in which, you know, it's a faster quote unquote recovery, and the type of treatments that are given for this type of leukemia is a lot quicker than other types of leukemia. Right? Normally, when people think of leukemia, they think of you know young children, and it's very deadly, which it is, and that's a different type. So this particular type of leukemia, if you were to look at this person who has this disease, now it's not all people, but in general, there are some instances where you may not know that they're even sick. They look healthy. So, you know, the way that people recover, it, it, it's going to depend on a lot of things. It's going to depend on their blood count. It's going to depend on their platelets. It's going to depend on what is happening inside their body and whether or not he can return to more physical activity. Um, and I don't think that that would be something that he would sanction because he's been experiencing and going through this battle with cancer for, you know, 11 years. And um, nor do I think the WWE would say that this is not, I agree, something that you can recover from if you were to lie about it. And if they did lie about it, I would stop watching their program 100 percent. Yeah, A lot of people probably would. Well, this is something that my next question was. Now, this question in particular, I'm watching. So I'm the question that I have and is, do you think that the focus on Roman Reigns' leukemia is an exploitative action or an awareness-building action. Now, before I let anyone answer that, I wanted to say that I watched the Good Morning America interview with Roman Reigns um, on that Monday, the, the Tuesday afterwards, and he spoke about um, he, he spoke about how he wants to build awareness and how that mm-hmm. was what he wants to do. And you know what it did to me? It put every single time that he went to a Make-A-Wish kid, it, in my mind, it changed that interaction because when we found that out i my viewpoint on the man changed massively because initially i was like yeah well he's going to see these making a wish kids because whatever no 
he was going to see these Make-A-Wish kids because he saw himself in every single one of those kids. And he wasn't... And, like, it just... Everything changed. I was like, you know, when we were all ripping on him for something stupid or people... And they did. People called him the cancer of the wrestling professional wrestling industry. And I'm like... Imagine having to go out every single day and have people literally say that they wish that you died as you're fighting an internal battle every single day. Um, Mm -hmm. And now he has a platform. The way that the WWE are promoting it, and it was weird, was this is the final time we'll all be together because I might die. It wasn't this is the final time together because of that. Now, that to me is exploitative the way that it was being promoted. I understand that he wants to use the platform to build awareness, but where is the line? And I'm going to start, actually, I'm going to start with Queen. Where, where do you think the line is? Do you think so, that we're on, do you, do you think that this is the right way at the moment? I mean, you know, I, I don't know that for them there isn't, I mean, there's a line, but they've talked about all sorts of horrible shit on the show before. You know, they they, they talk about, uh, you know, um, all these other things that have happened to people on, on a regular basis. The death of Ric Flair's son was just brought up by Triple H the other day. So this is not something that they're not used to bringing into the ring and using for promos. Um, they're not above that, but I think there needs to be a certain type of line. Um, you know, man, they're using this situation, I think, to to everyone's advantage to the best that they can and that includes roman for being able to you know speak on his own story and and i agree with that part but i think there's a point where we have to like be respectful that there are people in the world who do go through this kind of stuff and it's not okay for anybody on any platform i don't care who you are to say someone is faking something that they're not that's where i think the line needs to be drawn before something like that really starts to like snowball out of control But see, that's that's kind of the problem with this situation now. There will always be people out there that say this mm-hmm. is a work, not necessarily because, not not because of any potential malice, but as we've said already, they've done shit to get people over before. And mm-hmm. how do we like? And there is that whole how do we know? I I remember when, and this is something that I remember thinking Roman was faking an illness way back when. You know when we were on the road to the WrestleMania where he was facing Triple H and it was roadblock was along the way and for some reason Triple H was getting massive face heat every time that he beat up Roman Reigns. So Roman Reigns got ill for like three weeks and he was just ill. He was just away for a bit. That now puts that back into context because I remember thinking oh well they're pretending that he's ill so that he can get off and get over when he comes back. No, potentially at that point, he he had, you know, he had another flare up and he was like, well, I need to disappear for four weeks. What do we do? Okay, we'll just beat you up a lot before you leave and you'll come back for your WrestleMania match if you're okay to do it. Um, So people will always assume that they will always assume that this is a way to get Reigns over because that is the Mm -hmm. way that it had like the whole of this has been. it's, It's weird like, I would never think that anyone would use anything of an illness that is a terminal illness as an excuse for getting people over. And I don't think even Vince would go that far. I would hope um, not. So it's um exactly, exactly. And that would that would be the end for more, a lot of people watching. But anyway, yep. we uh let's let's uh let let's take it back. Let's take it back. So I'm gonna 
overall for the whole show and i do this with everyone um i do a, like a five star rating system because i am essentially dave Meltzer, but with a little bit more moral with a few more a few more morals hopefully um so i would give this show out of five stars one being the worst five being the best um i'd probably say um because of the the really cool stories in built uh, i'd go for like four stars like out of out of five so starting with dallas um what would be your star rating uh yeah i said four as well you know uh i usually don't get too excited about fast lane i'm always kind of like uh, this is like you know excessive and let's just get to wrestlemania um but I thought they did a really good job of, you know, making it worth our while. There's a lot of exciting matches, a lot of good twists and turns and stuff like that. And um, set the stage, set the stage really well for WrestleMania. So it was, it was, it was perfect. It was, it was a great little pay-per-view. Okay. Um, next up, Zach, uh, what would you give this out of five stars? <laughs> Fastlane absolutely exceeded expectations. I was certainly expecting a paint-by-numbers event with the uh, the winners and losers kind of set in stone. And to a degree, they were, but at the same time, we were taking for a great ride with great matches. This absolutely deserves four... And if we can divide up stars, I would give it 4.5 stars. Oh, yes, we can. Of course Excellent. we can divide up stars. Jeez, we're in the, we're this is this universe is our own. Don't you worry about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, great, great. Okay. Uh, next up, Queen. Uh, what would you give this out of five stars? I'd say probably four stars. Um, again, same as the boys. I felt that this was going to be kind of meh, but uh, they man had so many changes and everything was all over the place. My predictions page has got you know notes and marks all over it. <laughs> like, oh, that match is gone. We're changing yeah. it to this, and this person's <laughs> insert is let's change that. You know, there was a lot of things going on, and and I'm actually glad that if they're going to keep fast lane, which I was kind of hoping they'd take it out and we'd only have one pay-per-view between Rumble and Mania, but I, whatever. So they're going to do it. I'm glad that it was interesting and engaging. Great. Great. Okay. So I'm going to, um, I used to do moments of flair at this point, but I think we're going to change it up. So instead we have a new segment that I don't have anything ready for. So I'm just going to make noises and it's called, whose face don't run the place for you so uh whose face don't run the place for you uh for me yeah and i mean people can more than happily just jump onto it is that bloody tim hader guy here from the german announce team why does he exist he felt to me like a cartoon character caricature of what a German would be like it doesn't seem right this weird thing that he was anyway it's Tim so uh <laughs> let's let's move on I'm gonna move along the line because I know that Dallas and me actually Dallas because you've got the same as me yeah Dallas why don't his face run the place for you he's actually not my uh not my nomination um but I, I did not like his face either it was very awful. oh ooh. um I want to give a shout out to Sam Roberts okay yeah. actually who was your nomination during this so yeah so <laughs> Shout out Sam Sam Roberts' beard. Wait, the uh, beard on his face or the beard on his head? Uh, the beard on his face, the, the awful beard on his face. Now, I love Sammy. I listen to his. I listen to Jim and Sam like every day. He's he's my man, but uh, the, he's got to shave. He's got to shave. Uh, AJ Styles, I always hate his face, so I want to give him a mansion. But my uh, my face that really was not running the place was Mr. Miz. 
and his uh, sorry face. Mr. Miz. Oh. 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 It's not his fault. It's his face. But anyway, next up, <laughs> Zach, who is your face that don't run the place? I'm going to keep an eye on my Twitter followers and watch it decline as I say this, but Ricochet. What? He, he just <laughs> doesn't do it for me. Look, look Why? I, I was, I loved Lucha Underground and I loved Prince Puma. And again, Ricochet, exceptionally talented. Exceptionally. And like he puts on great matches, but like I don't get the character yet. I like I don't know what he what his motivations are. Like it it just seems very ah it, it, it seems very laissez faire. Like they don't know where they want to go with him. Uh, and I felt this was true with NXT as well. Uh, uh, I'm going to bring us back to War Games for a second. They had the UK champion and the North American championship uh, held up uh, on top of the cage. And man, there's a big differ- a difference between those two characters. Uh, and Ricochet, you know, he just falls flat for me. I feel like yeah yeah I'm losing followers. Yeah, but he there falls goes. flat after he's yeah, but he, he he falls flat. He falls flat after he's jumped over every single wrestler in one fell swoop and then spun hey, around and done like a don't move. Don't like, I am I, wowed I, you by know what, that. That's athletic. fine. Those, yeah, I am. I am wowed by those athletics. I absolutely am. And I, I and you know if I'm going to watch a match with no context surrounding it, like I'm going to watch a ricochet match. But I need to be informed by what these characters are doing and uh, and such. And I don't know why Rico- why the character Ricochet is doing these things. It's just not it's just not working for me. Well, we we don't shame around here. His face just don't run your place. Now, next hey, up, Queen. His face don't run your place. Oh man. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still reeling. <laughs> um, my face that doesn't run my place is EC three. Get that boy man child out of my face (laughs) bye-bye i don't have to say anything else other than that (laughs) i i I think i think i think actions speak louder than words wait i think words speak louder than actions and ec3 don't do neither he don't do neither so yes he is your face that don't run the place now uh, i um I think that that will do us for this evening. Um, we are about to get to the two-hour mark, and it is 20 to 5 a.m. here in the UK. So I'm going to get some sleep. So um, thank you all. Thank, I know, I know, I'm, I'm hardcore. But thank you all very, very much for joining tonight. Uh, it's been really, really fun, and it's been great. Uh, I'm very, very happy that you... Yeah, I'm, I would like to, again... Um, take it over to you guys so um i'm gonna go around now and you've all got a minute um minute and a half however long you want to just give us an idea where we can find you what you do um and when you're next to be doing stuff and we're going to go along the line so we'll start with dallas from the meat boys podcast yes all right yeah so thank you so much Val, for having us this was really fun queen zach thank you for joining too uh this was great um you can find my podcast uh on any platform just search for meet wednesday um and go to meetwednesday.com if you want to listen live every wednesday night at about eight o'clock um you can call in whatever tweet us interact um and then uh 
Twitter is Meets and Tweets. The word Meets, the letter N, and the word Tweets. Instagram is Meet Wednesday if you want to see what the food looks like. Um, that's about it, man. Again, really appreciate it. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Well, um, I have to say a big shout out to Meets and Tweets because whenever I do a random periscope, they're always in there giving that meaty goodness, adding yeah. a little bit of um, <laughs> gravy to yeah. my to my meatballs, and I love it. Next up, uh, Zach. Uh, this has been a long time coming, dude. Um, I I first came across like Zach. That sounded rude. Wait, I first discovered Zach were really cool sketch um, piece of artwork that he did of Tommaso Ciampa um, and Johnny Gargano and I Ooh. thought it was amazing and from that point I wanted to work with him and we've both been very busy and it's been hard to get this together but you have a minute and a half or however long you want please take it away dude uh, thank you sir um, yeah uh, I host the Smark and Friends podcast on the Two Finger Guns Club network you can follow at Smark and Friends on both Twitter and Instagram, and you can fo- follow the Two Finger Guns Club. That's to the digit, not T W O, at Two Finger Guns Club on Twitter. Uh, they're producing great quirky content such as the Boldly Boinking podcast, which is about sex and Star Trek. Lots of fun. Um, and yeah, uh, we are between seasons on my own show. Uh, we recorded the first season this uh, earlier this uh, towards the end of 2018, and we're coming up with a second season uh, starting to record this coming summer. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, and once again, Fowl, thank you for sharing your platform with us. Queen Dallas, great talking with you. And uh, yeah, I look forward to to more collaborations such as this. For sure. Oh, oh, that's it now. You're on the list, unfortunately. I'm going to be bugging you all the time. Um, now that I yes, wasn't sir. before. Now, next up, next up, Queen, my fellow brain buster, take it away. <laughs> Thank you so much, Fowl, for having me on. And Dallas and Zach, it's so cool. Made some new friends. Um, can't wait to you know, collaborate with you, hopefully again soon. Um, you guys can find me on uh, at the queen of ne on twitter at x the queen of ne on instagram i am over with the boys at dywtsb the did you write this stuff bro podcast pops more and james e we discuss everything wwe raw sd live pay-per-views and of course that is on every single platform you could think of uh, but itunes google play and spotify new episodes drop every friday and as Fowl already mentioned, we are pals now on Brain Busta Radio, this awesome new collective that is starting the week of April 1st, Mania Week. I'm going to have my own solo show, which is crazy exciting. It's called Queen's Court. It's going to include, you know, critical analysis, conversations, hot topics in wrestling, and it's going to be interactive with the listeners. So um, it's going to be super fun, and that's going to drop every Wednesday. And you can find that on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and please follow at Brainbuster Radio. And thanks so much again. You are totally welcome. I uh, I spoke to um, to Queen just before she became a Brainbuster, and it's one of those weird things when it was the middle of the night, and I was just looking at random things on my Instagram, and I was like, "Yo, do you want to like collab sometime?" And you were like, "Yeah," and then I fell asleep, and I was like, oh, "I'm not gonna talk to her again." Like that was a stupid thing, but uh, but yeah. 
No, I do it all the time. Like, I'll message people that I'll forget about it, then they'll message me back and they'll be like, you spoke to me in October, or did I? Oh, yeah. Oh, was it like five o'clock in the morning? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, but no, um, thank you all so much. You guys have been been great. Um, I, you can find, this will be going up on, um, on my YouTube channel again as a separate video tomorrow at about 10, 11 in the morning when I wake back up. Um, so you'll get that if you're listening to this on the podcast, which I'm now doing afterwards as well, putting them up then you can check all those guys out. There'll be links in the show notes. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, there'll be links in the description. And you can check me out on uh, Brain Buster Radio. Also, you can find the Fat Original Podcast on all podcast platforms. Thank you to everyone that's joined me tonight. Of course, you can help support the channel by thumbs up in the video. It really helps me in the algorithm. You can also subscribe and other stupid things that help me out. But... Um, running up to mania weekend we're gonna be doing a lot of these i've got a few more collab shows coming up um and another hot take round table for after mania and for mania evening i have got such a plan which if i can logistically make it make sense it's going to blow everyone's minds so that's that now uh thank you to everyone uh, yeah i know uh, this is um it will hopefully blow some mind. This has been a foul original. Thanks for watching. See you next time. Um, if you guys want to say final goodbyes as I cut us off the internet. Au revoir, Miss Sammy. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> actually yeah that's it where have I anyone got anyone got noises of fast lane for me (laughs) (laughs) here we go (laughs) bye everyone (laughs) I'm still still going Thanks for listening to the show, and if you'd like to hear more, then feel free to follow me here on the podcast ways. Also, you can check me out on youtube.com slash foulorigineralwrestling for the weekly wrestling recap, which happens every Wednesday and Sunday live on YouTube, 8pm GMT. This has been a Foul Original Podcast. Thanks for listening. Hear you next time.